This is FM 100.5, 101.9, AM 1450, and WGNSRadio.com. Rutherford County's Place to Talk. Hip, hip, hooray, let's give a cheer. It's 9 a.m., the signal's clear. Our favorite host is in the chair. The Truman Show is on the air. It's The Truman Show with Truman Jones. A look at the politics, news, sports, and people that are shaping Rutherford County. The Truman Show is on the air. The Truman Show is on the air. From Sylvan Park Restaurant on Northwest Broad Street, Truman Jones is on News Radio WGNS. Good morning, Rutherford County. Uh, of course, it's the Greg Tucker Show this morning. I, I, I just happen to be here. He's uh, he's the real brains behind the outfit. I do want to mention uh, from the heart, um, uh, Janie Waddell. Um, is uh, all those that know Janie, especially from the class of 59, uh, we want to mention that she needs some prayers. So uh, all of those who love Janie and remember her well, uh, of course, that's Janie Wydell Ossop. And um, uh, put in a good prayer for Janie tonight. And uh, I, I've been putting one in for a while for her, and I... I, I think the good Lord will uh, look at her very kindly. So, and also, uh, Greg, I was, you, you know me, I'm always looking for good restaurants. Of course, that's one, the Sylvan Park. I just absolutely love this place down here. And, and, and there's a few others. Of course, there's a lot of great restaurants in Rutherford County, but I just happened to look over from, uh, uh, we were over at uh, uh, Chili's, and, and I looked across the, uh, Broad Street, where Logan's used to be, and there was a uh, seafood place in there, and, and I believe it's called Red Crab. I'm pretty sure that's the name of it. Uh, but anyway, uh, I recommend that place highly because I uh, took the kids there uh, at 11 o'clock Sunday morning, and the food was out of this world, and I love seafood. I mean, I, I could make it three, three meals a day. Did you promise them you'd mention it on the air? No, in fact, uh, uh, when we first went in, there wasn't a whole lot of people there. Of course, it takes a while for a restaurant to become popular. But anyway, um, I told them, I said, I'm going to mention your uh, restaurant because the food is out of this world. And I like to give uh, a, a big attaboy for any restaurant that... Uh, uh, trips my trigger, you might say. Okay. Yeah. I know you got a weakness for seafood, though. I do. Always a good seafood. Yeah, but, but my biggest weakness is for friendly conversations, as, as you know. I, I like to be around bright people. Well, I, sometimes the people are not so bright. I mean, I, I, I just enjoy people, period. And uh, who am I to say who's smarter than the other? I've seen a, a lot of extremely bright people with uh, farm boots on and uh, overalls. Uh, so so you, you can't really judge people until you get to know them quite a bit. Well, I try not to judge them at all and just take them for what they are. Oh, give me a break. Uh -huh. Give me a break. <laughs> <laughs> oh, we're on the verge of some changes. 
I'm looking over your shoulder. Looks like we got some rain coming. Yeah, it's in. scary looking right now. I think clearly we're going to be having some fall weather, and uh, it's a bit overdue. Look forward to long as together. long as it's not winter yeah. weather. Yeah, and I also understand from you that this is the last time we're going to broadcast Monday morning from Sylvan Park. Is that right? Yeah, uh, our show, you and myself. Yes. Uh, yes. Uh, next uh, Monday, what is today? The 28th, what will it be? The 5th or something like that? Well, let's see, the 2nd is Friday, 3rd, 4th, 5th, yes, yeah. Monday the 5th. Yeah, we'll be over at Adam's place, and uh, we will be around people more our age, I guess. <laughs> is that why? Yeah. You know, I love people our age. I really do. I'm fond of we, we, we have both feet on the ground, you know. You don't see that everywhere else. That's true. Yeah. That's and, true. and I've had some of my teachers that were actually over at Adam's Place, Ms. Black. Uh, um, of course, uh, uh, she was a brag before she came a black. Word in a brag. Word in a black. And uh, I had her on the radio show. Gosh, it's been quite a few years ago, I guess now. And she was amazing. In, in her 90s, she could remember everything that happened during each school year. Uh, I, I was uh, I was taken back about her because she actually put me in a corner and spanked me while, while we were up there. <laughs> uh, well, I hope we have some uh, live audience when we're over there. And uh, I'll have to be careful because a number of my sources uh, a resident over there. Oh. So, yeah, so have to be careful to check my accuracy. Well, when you're talking about history, no no one knows the history of this area better than they do. Well, that's right. They lived a lot of it. Yeah. And uh, if they didn't live it, they uh, heard people talking about it who lived it. Yeah. And, uh, that's, a, that's a good source. I like to go behind it and check it, but uh, it's an awfully good opening. You know, you're you're great at uh, delivering the history of Rutherford County, and you're also <coughs> great at stirring up things uh, for Rutherford County, which I love that. I mean, it's amazing. When people don't follow the, the, the accurate part of our history, they're in for trouble. I stumble across there once in a while a, a reference or a, an item, usually trivial, but it can lead to some interesting things. Like I found a a news note about a fellow named DeGeorge, mm -hmm. John DeGeorge. Mm -hmm. And uh, is that Greek? I'm not sure what that is, but uh, it's got an ethnic background. Uh, they so were, does Jones and Smith. Yeah. Uh, the DeGeorges had uh, uh, markets, fruit stands, if you want to call them that. Been there. And uh, at one time or another, we're in the restaurant business on the mm -hmm. square. Names used to be very prominent on the square. Well, the item I found was uh, could have been a tragic story, but it had a, uh, a happy ending, if it ended. And uh, it illustrated that uh, the uh, newspaper in the 1920s, which was the Murfreesboro News Free Press, later the Murfreesboro Daily News Free mm -hmm. Press, had an article about John DeGeorge. Seemed like he had an accident, but what struck me was the way they handled the report and the headline they put on it. Uh, John DeGeorge overturned his fruit truck on the Dixie Highway about five miles north of town. Mm. He 
is leaving Murfreesboro early Monday morning for Nashville. John had not had much sleep that night and while returning, tried to snatch a few winks while driving his truck loaded with bananas, cantaloupes, peaches, and other fruit. Oh, wow. The truck traveling about 20 miles an hour headed for the ditch. John woke up just in time to cut the front wheels back on the road, but the rear end struck a mailbox and the vehicle overturned, landing on the left side. The truck was badly damaged and the fruit scattered all over the ground in the roadway for about 10 feet around uh, the vehicle. Neither Mr. DeGeorge nor his son, who accompanied him, were injured. When John felt the truck capsizing, he pushed his son out and got out from under it himself. Wow. So what headline did they put on that story? Um, you didn't give me any prior notice that you were going to do oh, that, oh. so I don't know. Well, here comes a hint. Yeah. Try a song. A song? A song. Very popular in that period. And, uh, and, and this was in the 1920s? Yeah, 1923, July 1923. Very popular song at that time, and it has had a, a resurgence over and over in different contexts uh, since then. Try, yes, we have no bananas. That's the, oh, give me a break. That's, uh, that's, I'm doing well this morning. I've gotten two breaks from you so far. Yeah, that's the headline that ran on the front page about uh, I'll beg you, if, if, if that had happened in this day and time, I guarantee you that there would be a, a lady that lives at Donald's Chapel that would have drove real fast to get her share of, of the fruit that was out there. Well, apparently it was a loss because on that day, yes, we have no bananas. <laughs> It was a very popular song. I'm sure it was popular around here. It was heard a lot on the radios and live Who sang that? Do you remember? Uh, oh, a lot of people have recorded it. Uh, Louis Prima did a beautiful Oh, wow. Yes, I remember Louis Prima. Yeah. Uh, the song itself, interesting quick background, it was written by uh, a Jewish band leader, uh, last name... Uh, escapes me, not a big name, but he and a buddy uh, wrote the song and the lyrics, the music and the lyrics, and he was interviewed uh, some years later and asked, well, what inspired you? So we have a Jewish band leader who dealt regularly with a Greek fruit stand, mm -hmm. and he said that the proprietor of the fruit stand, no matter what you asked him or what you asked for, he always began his statement by saying, yes, we have no bananas. My yes. kind of guy. <laughs> yes, the cantaloupes are not fresh. Mm -hmm. uh, and that line, that line, yes, we have no bananas, he picked up from this Greek fruit stand mm -hmm. and uh, eventually you know, kept turning it over in his head and found it had a rhythm to it. So they, they wrote it into a song, uh, kind of a ridiculous song. Uh, also, <laughs> right next to the DeGeorge story, in the newspaper I was looking at was the obituary for a very prominent local lady, Miss McFadden. Oh, wow. She died in 1923 after, uh -huh. she actually was from Mississippi, born in Aberdeen, Mississippi. But as a child, she moved up here. Uh, her father, you know, ran a bakery on the square mm -hmm. and uh, she eventually got into uh, elementary school teaching 
you know, was such a popular teacher uh, over, well, her last school was over on the west side of town that uh, in 1928 she retired from teaching at that level and uh, they named the school for her, McFadden School. Now was that the first name the school had? <clears throat> I know, I think they call it the west side because we yeah. had an east side school and that was the west side school. Yeah. 1928 is when they put the name on. That's when she retired. Uh, but she kept teaching. She went over to the uh, Tennessee College. Some people call it the Women's College, yeah. Tennessee College for Women. And she taught at uh, those who were looking to enter primary education. She was one of their teachers mm -hmm. until she died. Uh, so, let's see, I got... The dates don't work. She was apparently before she died in 1923. Uh, or, yeah, the Tennessee College for Women was opened in 1908, so mm -hmm. she she was there her last few years. I would have liked to have known her. Um, apparently, she's very, very, very popular. I think yeah. that was the first time a school was named uh, for a female teacher. Yeah. And... and this is the first time I've known of MacFadden School ever since I was a young kid, and that's the first time that I have heard that it was named for a lady. Yeah, a lady teacher. Yeah. Um, we all just assumed back in those days it would have been named for a... Um, usually an administrator. A, a gentleman principal, yeah. Yeah, yeah and someone at the administrative level. She yeah. was always a classroom teacher. Yeah. And, uh, yeah. That reminds me of Miss Hopgood. I don't know why, but it does. Of course, she was a, a Latin teacher and, and very popular in the school. And she was a tough lady. And uh, the tougher the teacher, the more respect we had for them back in those days. Now, um, you went to a... I, I don't want to get away from the things that you're talking about, but... You went to a concert Saturday at uh, 4 o'clock, and uh, the outside music, uh, your sweet uh, wife always keeps me informed of the interesting things that are going on around here, and she said the music really, uh, the sound wasn't like you would normally have inside, because, you know, it kind of drifts away, but she she put in there that the mockingbirds were just absolutely beautiful as they were mocking the sound that was going on well, and the, that that's interesting yeah between the musical performances you know there's always a little bit of lag time while they yeah. rearrange their sheets on the on the stand uh, you'd hear the bird and uh, we were all sitting under trees mm -hmm. so there was a quite a bit of bird activity and quite a bit of yeah. response as the birds filled the downtown with, with their music. Uh, we were at the Taylor Farm. Uh, I guess you'd call it a farm, beautiful uh, yard and uh, 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 very pleasant surroundings. The, the weather was perfect. But I told Miss Taylor as I was leaving, carrying my chairs, that uh, I was spoiled now. I didn't really want to go back to the church and sit on hard pews and uh, uh, without the birds and the and the breeze, uh, so uh, I hope they'll do some more of those. Yeah. In fact, uh, 
And the wife has volunteered Morning Ride Farm for one of the performances. They do it. Interesting the way they set it up. We actually heard four separate uh, performances. Mm -hmm. The first one being a string uh, quartet doing classical pieces. And I was pleased that uh, the pieces they selected to play were those that were familiar. Yeah. I'm sure one or two of them was in a Bugs Bunny cartoon somewhere. <laughs> and uh, the second performance was a quintet, I believe, of saxophones, clarinets, woodwinds, mm -hmm. and uh, some very familiar uh, music, including uh, the Pink Panther music that, that era. And then we ended up with a uh, brass ensemble, or I may have had them out of order, but the third, a third group was a brass ensemble. How was Wilson Sharp? How was he performing Saturday? Uh, he was hitting, I think, on all four. Yeah. And uh, was part of the uh, woodwind group. And, uh, yeah, actually, I think the woodwinds were the last group. Uh, well, now, if you have it over at Morning Ride Farm, I uh, am... Uh, one of the rocking chairs are on the front porch. I want to reserve one of them okay. if you're going to have it over there. Well, I think some of them are coming out for a practice session, and uh, we'll see if they decide the acoustics are appropriate for, for a live performance there. You have plenty of mockingbirds there we, and every other bird. That... Yeah, we, we do. In fact, uh, of late, we've had a good show of hummingbirds. I love hummingbirds, but they'll be heading toward South America pretty soon. I think, yeah, they're migratory, so I yeah. expect them to move on, and we then we get all the birds from up north that winter down here. Yeah. So there's always activity. We don't need Yankee uh, birds down here. <laughs> we but, do. Uh, you've noticed that we get these big flocks of blackbirds. It's yeah. a mix of different birds. We call them all blackbirds. And the worst are the starlings of all. Yeah, the starlings yeah. and the grackles fill out. And uh, they are coming from uh, the urban areas up north. Uh, the big flocks that work the uh, parks and such in some of the northern cities. They come all the way down here to enjoy the uh, balmy winter weather. This time of year? They're probably beginning to come in pretty soon. Hmm. Uh, are you sure starlings come from up north? <laughs> we have them year-round. But, but I remember when they were uh, they were brought over from Europe into this country. And that was the worst thing that we ever did except in those then. The story, I don't know whether it's correct or not, was that a lover of Shakespeare uh, went through the Shakespearean writings mm -hmm. and uh, identified all the birds that were mentioned and decided that uh, those birds should uh, all be represented in Central Park in New York. Mm -hmm. So they brought in the English sparrow and the starling and introduced it there in Central Park. <laughs> you can, now the two most common birds, I guess, across the whole eastern part of the United States, so the English sparrow and the starling. Can I ask you about where we are going right now with the Sam Davis uh, Dam? Yeah, status report, I guess, is in, in order. Mike Waller, as you know, took issue with the uh, state Tennessee Department of Environment and Conservation's conclusion that the dam should, uh, could be taken down and file a citizen appeal. Mm -hmm. And uh, 
the end of this week, there's a hearing and the state is trying to essentially kill his appeal on technical grounds. Had nothing to do with the merits of the dam or anything. It's mm -hmm. just technical grounds such as jurisdiction and uh, compliance with uh, administrative rules. Strikes me as a bit ironic that the state encourages and puts out all the information about how to make a citizen appeal. Mm -hmm. You know, transparency and uh, response, being responsive to the citizenship. And then, uh, you know, Mike goes to trouble making the appeal, and uh, they come back with uh, technical reasons why the appeal should be dismissed without ever any deliberation on the merits of it. <coughs> but uh, Michael have his chance late this week to argue that it should go forward, and, uh, and I hope that it will. It's the type of thing that ought to be decided on the merits. It's just really uh, something that you know, is a benefit or are we, are we just accommodating certain groups? And we do know that the apparent real purpose of wanting to take down the dam is to generate mitigation credits, it's called, which are then sold to developers or highway people uh, so they can uh, do something that might degrade the environment. Uh, that seems to be what really is going on. So a historical place like Sam Davis' home um, really doesn't have the final say-so as far as... And how did uh, the state get control of this particular uh, uh, land to begin with? Well, we're not sure they have control because uh, we are told, and I think Mike is very much a supporter of the Sam Davis yes. Memorial right. and... Um, much of his concern is that first, why are we destroying any part of the farm? And mm -hmm. second, if it is important that it be done, why isn't it being done in a way to bring some uh, income mm -hmm. to the farm? We're essentially giving away to uh, uh, another group, another entity, the right to generate and sell these credits mm -hmm. with nothing coming. Uh, you mentioned the historic issue. The project, the dam demolition project, is now on hold. And it's the Tennessee Historic Commission that stepped up and said, wait a minute, mm -hmm. we're not sure this is appropriate given the historic status of the farm. Uh, they have not made a final decision, but they did notify the Corps of Engineers, which is quiet but is ultimately in control of any of the streams and such that flow into the into the lake. Mm -hmm. uh, the Historic Commission has advised the Corps of Engineers that uh, they are not releasing it on the historic issue. So everything's on hold right now. <coughs> Even if Mike's appeal mm -hmm. is dismissed on technical grounds, uh, there still is the historic issue, mm -hmm. and uh, you know we don't know when that will be resolved. Uh, Does the state financially support the Sam Davis home? Uh, well, the state owns the property, so you know to that extent they certainly support it because you know they have the property under the control of the uh, trust group that was mm -hmm. appointed by the governor. Uh, one other element that is. Uh, when Mike and others, including uh, some help from me, 
raised the issue of uh, funding mm -hmm. and uh, raised the question of why the school board that owns half the property and the uh, Sam Davis Memorial that owns half the property, including half the dam, mm -hmm. uh, why they are not getting some uh, financial return if they, uh, you know, if this happens. Yeah. Because there's something like a million and a half dollars worth of credits involved. The understanding the credits takes about 30 minutes of study, <laughs> but uh, there's money involved. And uh, who would be receiving that money if it went through right now before you guys became involved with it? All of the money would go to the Cumberland River Compact, which is a group that is a mitigation bank, it's mm -hmm. called, approved by the state. And they're the ones that go around and fly, find uh, what can be characterized as environmental improvements, make those improvements, generate the credits, and then sell the credits to developers or road projects that are going to arguably uh, uh, harm the environment. Uh, so these are, are they state people or are they private? Private. That's uh, interesting. Yeah, they're incorporated as a nonprofit corporation. Yeah. And uh, are approved by the state to be a mitigation bank. There's several of them around the state. Mm -hmm. uh, and they pre sell, which is interesting. They pre sell credits. They may not have the credits in their, quote, bank, but they'll go ahead and pre sell it, collect the cash. Uh, Mike has talked uh, to several of the developers who have bought the credits. Mm hmm. And uh, we said, well, what do you get when you buy the credits? And they said, a piece of paper. It mm -hmm. shows that we have paid, in one case, $195,000 for credits so we can do our development. Uh, that one was interesting because it's uh, between here and uh, Nashville, the big development that needed. Uh, now, what was the beginning of this Cumberland development? It, this, it, it doesn't sound like it's something that would... Uh, um, be a good thing for the citizens here uh, to be you, you know the state is the people who live in the state of Tennessee who are residents and, and, and citizens of the state of Tennessee so they would set something up that most people don't even have a clue that it's even there well clearly uh, the average citizen has no concept whatsoever of what uh compensatory mitigation credits are. Right. And uh, they're sold to some extent on the basis of uh, this is environmental improvement. Well, half of it's environmental improvement and the other half is environmental degradation. That's the way you credit. I can make a mess if I can buy from you the credits you got by cleaning things up. So it goes rather quickly. On the, uh, I think the view that I would favor is that if this dam is going to be demolished, these credits are going to be uh, generated and sold. Part of the proceeds need to come back to the Sam Davis Memorial, mm -hmm. and half of that would, of course, go to the school system, mm -hmm. uh, which owns half of the property involved. Uh, Mayor Ketron raised that issue and got a response that uh, is an interesting development uh, in a letter to the mayor, which I've seen copy of. It says that there is a memorandum of understanding being developed 
quote, soon to be signed, close quotes, uh, that would give the residual funds to the school board, the Sam Davis Association, and this Cumberland River Compact, roughly one-third each. Uh, I don't think they'd make a misrepresentation to the mayor uh, in a letter to the mayor. So, uh, you know, we're watching to see that something is signed, mm -hmm. at least says the residual funds uh, will be divided and come to the association. Wouldn't take much to fund uh, the memorial for a couple of years. Mm -hmm. And we know that uh, they've been in the process of selling some of the property, which uh, hurts to some extent uh, for commercial development as a way to raise money. Mm -hmm. And uh, uh, to pass up an opportunity to fund the memorial strikes me as uh, something we shouldn't be doing. So that's why some of us got involved. But okay. You think we need to take a quick break? We can. Okay. We'll be right back with Greg Tucker. From Sylvan Park Restaurant on Northwest Broad Street, it's The Truman Show on News Radio WGNS, FM 100.5, 101.9, AM 1450, and streaming online at WGNSradio.com. This is Lisa Halliburton at Bell Jewelers. We have a beautiful selection of colored gemstones. People love to wear their bright clothing. They want to pair it with beautiful, colorful jewelry. And we have all the different birthstones, as well as some more unusual things like watermelon tourmaline and tanzanite and many more. Bell Jewelers. 821 Northwest Broad Street. We're right across the street from Toots Restaurant. Bell Jewelers. Now's the time to start teaching good financial habits to your children, and we're here to help. Hi, I'm Nancy with Heritage South Community Credit Union. Our chipmunk and squirrel saver accounts help your child learn how to save and reward them for regular deposits or good grades. Our team cash accounts help your team learn to manage their money wisely and have options to build their credit. To learn more, visit our website, HeritageSouth.org, insured by the NCUA. Hey, fellas, I want to encourage you to take care of your health. It's easier than you think at Low T Center. They're reinventing the doctor's visit, making it quick and easy to get all your levels checked, not just your testosterone levels. They offer a comprehensive health assessment so you know all the numbers important to your health. If you've been tired, grumpy, have lack of motivation and drive, or if you've noticed weight gain or loss of muscle mass, those could all be signs of low testosterone levels, low thyroid, or even sleep apnea. Low T Center will help you determine the cause of your symptoms and will help you get back to feeling your best. It all starts with their quick and easy health assessment and is covered by most health insurance. Low T Center's concierge medicine, exclusively for men. And now they offer monitored self-inject at-home testosterone treatments, providing convenience and additional health monitoring measures for your safety, including a take-home blood pressure monitoring cuff. Self-injected home treatments are just $135 a month for self-pay or covered by most health insurance. Schedule your health assessment now at LowTCenter.com. Low T Center, reinventing men's health care. At Bud's Tire Bros, they care about those who live and work here because you're a big part of what makes this place great. This is Kay Mitchell at Bud's Tire. Come by and see us at Bud's Tire, 3600 East Main Street, or call 896-TIRE. They will be here through the good times and the uncertain times. 
For those who are out on the road, stop in today to see their full lineup of Michelin tires. For whatever you drive, Michelin has a tire to fit any need. Bud's Tire Pros, they're essential, they're open, they're local. Visit them online at BudsTireProsTN.com. Now, an update from the WGNSRadio.com News Center. I'm Ron Jordan. Police say they're looking for a suspect in connection to a quadruple shooting Sunday in Murfreesboro. According to reports, the shooting happened outside the Egyptian Latino tobacco market on Millwood Drive when the suspect fired a gun into the business. Officials say four victims taken to Vanderbilt. Police say the suspect is described as black with long hair and dreadlocks wearing a red sweatshirt with the words arm and exchange written on the front. If you saw what happened, give police a call. Lottery officials say Powerball tickets worth $50,000 were sold to someone in Nashville and Murfreesboro. A ticket matching four of the white ball numbers drawn, plus the Powerball was sold this weekend at the Shell Station in Bellmead on Harding Pike and at the Circle K on Memorial Boulevard in Murfreesboro. The winner will have 180 days from when the ticket was bought to claim the prize. Police in Smyrna are congratulating their five newly certified officers that graduated from basic law enforcement school at the Tennessee Law Enforcement Training Academy Thursday. Tennessee Law Enforcement Academy's Basic Law Enforcement School course is a 12-week course that provides technical and tactical expertise in addition to the ethical and professional standards needed to be a successful law enforcement officer. And if you're drawing unemployment benefits in Tennessee, you're again required to show you're searching for a job. Officials confirmed the requirement was reinstated Sunday as part of the Reemploy Tennessee Initiative. Those seeking unemployment benefits must make at least three potential job contacts between Tuesday and Saturday and then report that activity during the week of October 4th. News on demand 24-7 at our website, WGNSRadio.com, or follow us on Twitter at WGNSRadio. I'm Ron Jordan reporting. News updates around the clock, when it breaks, and on demand at WGNSRadio.com. We are News Radio WGNS. Listen live to WGNS Radio on our website, and Alexa, or Google devices. Search WGNS Radio for on-demand podcasts in iTunes, Google Play, Spotify, and Stitcher. Plus, we have direct links to podcasts at WGNSRadio.com. Good neighbor weather. We'll see a few scattered showers and storms here this afternoon. A cloudy skies, a high in the mid-70s. Northwest winds of 5 to 15 miles per hour, gusting as high as 25. I'm meteorologist Jennifer Wojcicki on News Radio WGNS. Currently, it's 68. Premier Six Theater is open. They're excited to see you again and will be showing some classic movies you'll be sure to enjoy. Check MurfreesboroMovies.com for showtimes for Premier Six Theater. They're now open. From Sylvan Park Restaurant on Northwest Broad Street, it's The Truman Show on News Radio WGNS, FM 100.5, 101.9, AM 1450, and streaming online at WGNSRadio.com. And welcome back with The Greg Tucker Show. And we were talking off the air, and uh, Greg and I started talking about uh, good eagleville food. And we all remember that um, the Chitlin dinners that they would have at Eagleville. Now, I was not a Chitlin eater, but uh, that's an understatement. If I remember. Ms. Lamb could cook the the best Chitlins that ever was, and and we lost uh, Bill Lamb uh, just recently. And uh, what a great family! You, we're talking about the Lambs and 
and uh, he was married into the McLaren family. And uh, just wanted to mention, uh, you know, we, we lose a lot when we lose those special people. So uh, I just wanted to mention that. There's a special story that I thought we'd share in the time we've got. Mm -hmm. uh, this time of year, people start telling ghost stories, uh, mm -hmm. working up October. I don't do ghost stories as such, but I have come across a few stories that raise uh, thoughts of, of angels amongst us and, mm -hmm. and who are those. Uh, and I think maybe four or five years ago we shared this story, but uh, it's a good story that uh, has a very close personal connection for me that I was going to share. And it's a story about biscuit tea and how that saved the life of a child here in Rutherford County. It's a, the family is the Sweeney family, and uh, Mort Sweeney wanted to marry Maud, but he wanted to be sure he had a place before he married. Finally, in 1910, when he was about 30 years old, he bought a small farm off the Couchful Pike, had a good spring that flowed south to the Stones River in the remote northern tip of Rutherford County. That's what I'm talking about, right about the county line. Uh, Anxious to start their family, uh, they married and began making a home, and Maud was soon expecting and worked steadily to make sure the farm was productive, anticipating raising his family. When her time came, Maud suffered a very difficult birth. The child lived only a few hours. The midwife called it stone death because the infant appeared to become rigid before it ceased breathing. They buried the firstborn. This was not an unusual circumstance in those days. They buried the firstborn near the house, confirmed their faith in a loving and just Lord, and continued on. A year later, the farm was beginning to yield a return on their hard work. The house had a pretty picket fence across the front yard and a few very carefully tended rose bushes, and Maud was again expecting. Mm -hmm. This time they were blessed with a beautiful, healthy daughter, and they named her, uh, as was the custom in those days, double names. Mm -hmm. They named her Bob Marie. Soon after the birth... Wait a minute. Did you say Bob Marie? Bob Marie. Isn't that a cute name? Yeah. Uh, the double names are very common. Oh, of course. All uh, my aunts had double names. Yeah, and frequently you'd find a name that uh, was generally thought of as a male name, mm -hmm. but they would put the the feminine name with it, yeah. so Bob Marie. Soon after the birth, Maud brought the infant to her breast and was pleased by the hungry way the child enjoyed her first meal, eventually slipping into a contented nap. But within an hour, the child awakened, spitting up all that she had consumed. Subsequent feedings had the same result. By the third day, it was evident that the infant was not going to survive. She was starving to death. The midwife, neighbors, and families offered advice and sympathy. Maud tried substituting cow's milk, the same result. A neighbor brought goat's milk, same problem. The result was always the same. By the third day, Bob Marie was pale, thin, lethargic. It soon became apparent the child could not survive, was starving to death. Mort. The father suffered and grieved over his own helplessness as the child wasted and Maud sank deeper into hopeless despair. At daybreak, Mort hitched the mules, 
drove them to the field. Maud positioned the cradle just inside the open door. The only response from the starving child was a shiver of movement and a labored breath. Mm. Maud stepped out on the porch and with head bowed, hands cupped over her mouth and nose, she prayed for the soul of her dying child. Mm. At about that same moment, Mort reached the field and stopped to adjust the harnesses. Overcome by emotion, he leaned his head against the neck of the mule and prayed silently for his child and his suffering wife. Maud's prayer was interrupted by the sound of the picket gate. She looked up to see an elderly stranger walking across the small yard. The woman wore a shawl and her plain skirt almost brushed the ground as she walked. Without any greeting or introduction, she said to Maud, I hear you have a sick child. You must give her biscuit tea. As Maud stood with hands still clasped, the old woman explained how to prepare the tea. She ended saying, feed it to the child from a silver spoon. Hmm. Without a word, Maud turned and dashed to the old family press next to the stove. There she found several dry biscuits left from the previous day. With trembling hands, she crushed the biscuits in a bowl, poured boiling water over them, then stirred and mashed them into a watery soup. When the mixture cooled, she poured it through a fine sieve into a mug, finding a small loop-handled silver spoon that she had used herself as a child. She cradled Bob Murray upright in her arm and gently forced the spoon between the tiny lips. With a second spoonful, she saw the child swallow. Mm. After administering less than a quarter of a cup in this manner, she laid the now sleeping infant in her crib. An hour later, the child stirred, woke up, and Maud repeated the feeding. This continued throughout the day. As the work day ended, Mart headed for the house, expecting the worst, a dead child and a grieving mother. As he walked heavily from the barn, Maud suddenly ran through the doorway into his arms, tears flowing, shouting, she's getting better. At first thinking his wife hysterical, Mort was pulled into the house where the child's appearance convinced him that a miracle had indeed occurred. The story was quickly told of the woman stranger in biscuit tea. The couple sat through the night watching and feeding little Bob Marie and giving prayerful thanks that their child's life had been spared. Word spread through the community as neighbors came to offer sympathy and found joy rather than grieving parents. But no one could identify the stranger whose advice had apparently saved the child. When Mort later inquired at the Cotton Hill Crossroads, none could recall any such person on that day or any time before or since. And, you know, we learned uh, a generation later uh, about the concept of milk allergies, one of the most common food allergies yeah. in children. Uh, this hypersensitivity causes nausea and vomiting. Uh, Maud's biscuit recipe, what they call biscuit tea, contained a lot of nourishing animal fat and protein. Remember the flour, baking powder, salt? But usually there was a lard or a, a bacon grease 
frequently sour milk or buttermilk is all baked into the biscuit. Mm -hmm. So by making this uh, soup out of the biscuit, she uh, was able to feed the child the protein and the calorie that she needed. Uh, and apparently the, uh, these ingredients change the structure, the chemical structure of the milk such that the child, what today we'd call lactose sensitive, yeah. uh, is able to eat it. Uh, Bob Marie grew to be an active tomboy, married and raised children. She died at the age of 86. Uh, as Morton Maud aged, she took care of them until they died, and then she lived to 86. I read most of that because it's in one of my books, and uh, any time I do it, I need to always tell it the same way because it's a story I got from my mother. Uh, Bob Marie was her uh, her mother's first cousin, so it was a family From your story. mother you got that? Yeah. Wow. Yeah, because it what was... What a great story. Yeah, Bob Marie, uh, I remember Bob Marie. I did her funeral some years ago. Uh, but she was a cousin, and uh, that's a family story that I enjoy sharing. And, I wish uh, you would let me know before you start doing those, because I get tears in my eyes and start flowing down when I hear stories like that. Well, whenever the uh, story is told, someone will usually cite Hebrews 13:2. Be not forgetful to entertain strangers, for thereby some have entertained angels unaware. Yeah. Uh, the family theory developed over the years was that she was a neighbor from a neighboring community like Big Springs and uh, uh, Donald's Chapel over mm -hmm. the hill. But she apparently spent the whole day walking all the way over to the other community, uh, if in fact that's where she was from. But uh, none of the people in the immediate community up around, what was the name of it? Uh, uh, Cotton Hill. Go to the old maps, you'll find Cotton Hill. Uh, none of the neighbors around Cotton Hill had ever seen or, you know, had any idea who's the lady who told us about biscuit tea, where she came from. Well, a lot of times angels will appear as like them, you know, the people who actually live around in that area and in the dress wear and things like that. So. That's what I believe. <laughs> and that makes I am a strong believer in angels. You, you, you know, um, um, Fane Haynes always told me, he would even call me at night and relive what went on during World War II. And uh, he would relate that he should have been killed many, many times because they were ready to just put a bullet in him. And uh, when he, he was, said uh, there was always an angel on his back, on yeah. his shoulders. He was a prisoner of war during that period. Yeah, yeah. And uh, that that fascinates me because I'm a strong believer that uh, the good Lord looks after us. And he has certain people that uh, it's, it's not their time. Yeah. Well, that's my angel story. Yeah. You did a good job with that. And you know it's popular in the movies. I we, heard your voice cracking. There's when the, when when he leans on the mule. That, yeah, that yeah gets to you because uh, you can visualize you know a rough farmer out in the field and yeah. stopping a moment to say a yeah. prayer. 
Uh, it's a popular theme in movies. We watched a movie over the weekend that kind of surprised us because that apparently was at least one explanation. Being there. Uh, Wait a minute. I thought all you watched was the Marx Brothers. We watched, we, well, we watched in, in those particular things. Peter Sellers. Horse feathers. Peter, you're familiar with being there. Peter Sellers. Yes. Uh, I think yes. he actually got a, a movie award for that. And interesting, the Best Supporting Actress Award went to the fellow who played the president, who I didn't think was really uh, a lead figure in it, but he got an Academy Award Best Supporting Actor. And, uh, you know, they build a story so that we're all convinced that he was uh, essentially raised as a hostage. But the very last scene, when he walks on water, you think, ah, this is an angel story. Once again, a Hollywood angel story. Yeah, and of all places, that would be the last place that I think would come out of a Hollywood angel story or an angel story, period. Washington, D.C. <laughs> Washington or L.A., either one. Yeah. Hollywood out there. Yeah, it was interesting, the, uh, the setting, the home of the very, very wealthy individual that he got involved with, uh, was Biltmore over in North Carolina. And when they, Beautiful place. Yeah, when they first showed a picture pulling up in front of it, I said, wait a minute, that looks familiar. And it was Biltmore. Yeah. Uh, and Shirley MacLaine, I think, did a good job. And it was in 1970s. She looked very good. She didn't get any award or any uh, recognition in particular for that movie. Hmm. Do you remember A Cabin in the Sky? Very well, yes. That was one of the best movies I've ever seen. And it's all black actors and actresses. And it was about this one individual who usually was like played Rochester. And he would gamble and do all the things. And his wife was someone who reached out and prayed to the Lord every day, and she was always praying for him to go over to the right side. And uh, it, it was interesting because the devil becomes involved in it and, and uh, uh, an angel comes involved in it. Uh, you, you got sides fighting each other for this particular um, gentleman. And... Uh, it was. It's one of my favorite movies because I can sit there and watch that one all day long. And and it's, it's basically uh, one of those movies. Uh, what what was the, um, the one where Daniel Webster was involved in it? You remember that one? Uh, um, something in Daniel Webster. I I can't think of the name of the movie now, but it was Daniel Webster. Com competing against the devil for a man's soul. It's, uh, you know, I, there's something about those movies that just yeah. absolutely draw me. Well, the classic uh, Angel movie, of course, is It's a Wonderful Life. Oh, this is a Daniel and Def, D Daniel Webster. Yeah, yeah, It's a Wonderful Life is great. What's the name of the little angel? Who gets, who finally gets his wings. Mm -hmm. uh, I am not there. No. You know, I love it. I love it when you you're, you can't answer. See, you throw me all of these yeah. way out in left field and throw them to me at the very last minute, and you expect me to remember them. 
names are difficult. <laughs> they are for us when we get as old as we are. I've often thought that there's a special section of your brain that takes care of names and goes out first. But it comes back. Have you ever noticed that? They're all still there. It, it, it if it, if it's one of these last-minute things, and it's, it's hard to bring them into your brain at the time to, to go out your mouth. So uh, it, it, uh, wait, by the wait. time we jump in take, a car take. and we get about 10 miles down the road, it hits. Oh, it's more like five. Five. Well, <laughs> mine's 10. Yeah. Now, where are we going to be Thursday? As far as I know, you're going to kick it off out at the... Uh, Adams Place. Yeah, why are we moving? I like this place. I mean, I'm I love this place. Yeah. The uh, food's good. The people are fun. Yeah. Uh, why are we moving? Uh, I th <laughs> do, you, do you want me to say... Because we, won't, just, be, we won't be on the air anymore. I, uh, we won't? Yeah. I'm just, I know your listeners are out there thinking, wonder why they're moving. Yeah. Well, they, you know, I think we have the brightest <coughs> listeners of any other show uh, in this area. I, I really do. Because they seem to be stimulated by the, the historical things you talk about. And it, it, it takes them to another level of finding out more about uh, their grandparents and it goes all the way back to uh, when a lot of them's family came into this country I, 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 I'm glad that people want to know about their families and, and, uh, and become this, more involved in it and this explains why we're moving no uh, why don't you tell us why we're moving I don't know I'm happy here I'll, I'll enjoy I got a lot of friends over at uh, Adams Place and well, see, at the, see up there at the radio station, they think that you can see this computer because they're given the name of, of the uh, angel that w was in the, the movie we were talking about. Well, good. I'm glad they were. I bet they went online though, and checked the Internet. Oh, Mentriet said, how could you two not know? Boy, that's 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 the first time she's ever said anything angry about me. She's not angry. She thinks you don't know, and I think you know, and are just toying with me. Well, I mean, it's just part of it. All right, it's Clarence. That's right. It's Clarence. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> and uh, Clarence showed up out on the bridge. Yeah. Jumping. Yeah. He 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 uh, acted like he was trying to commit suicide himself. So, so Jimmy Stewart had to dive in and save him. Yeah. 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 Sneaky angels. Well, I don't know if we should re, uh, go ahead and retire right now or not. It's a nice restaurant. Yeah. You know where I've got to go? <laughs> I've got to go home and... My all my air conditioners went out, air conditioners and heaters. So I've got to go home. Did they all go out at once, or over time they've just? Well, one of them I just didn't want to fool with, to be perfectly honest uh -huh. with you. But it's one thing that you need to uh, look out for because uh, I found out that I had a little bit of a leak in my gas heat. So. Natural gas. Yeah, natural mm -hmm. gas. So.
I've got to go home and take care of it. Well, I'm going to Mako. Actually, I think I'll drop by the Hooper Institute and see uh, if there's any knowledge to be picked up there before I go to Mako. Do you actually get a degree from that? Uh, from uh, Hooper's uh, Institute? Do you, do, you, do you receive a bachelor's degree or, or whatever from there? It's in your obituary. It's in your obituary? Yeah. yeah. Other than that, we don't document. Oh, well, that's sad. That's sad. <laughs> Well, let, let, let's, let's end this show. I, I, I have got to run. i got to get going. Is there anything you want to say before we uh, uh, end the show? Well, I guess uh, I'll see you at uh, Adam's place. Yeah. yeah. Well, are we going to meet over here or, uh, at Sylvan Park, or are we going to go straight to Adam's place? I don't know. I'm going to come over here first. You're going to come over here and have breakfast? Yeah, yeah. Because I think... Adam's place is is only going to have uh, coffee and donuts for us. Free donuts? Yeah, free donuts. Oh, yeah. well. oh I mean, that place is rolling in dough. <laughs> <laughs> uh, rolling in donuts. Yeah, yeah. Like. All yeah. right. I look forward to our next uh, occasion whenever All right. and wherever. We'll see you guys. From Sylvan Park Restaurant on Northwest Broad Street, it's The Truman Show on News Radio WGNS, FM 100.5, 101.9, AM 1450, and streaming online at WGNSRadio.com.